Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we tell stories. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. How's it going, Cody? Uh, you know, <laughs> my, my life's been a little crazy. I have fun stories to tell you, not on recording. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, sure, yeah. I also have fun stories to tell you, not on recording, but what we're doing right now is... Recording. So, guess what? We gotta tell stories we can't tell on recording. So, Cody, what have you been into recently? Um, not a ton, which I understand is lazy to say, but if you want to see the dorky thing, these are my little guys that I've painted recently. Oh, Jesus. So, Cody know, is showing me his Warhammers. These aren't Warhammers. It's one-page rules. It's not, Sorry, it's not wait, uh, 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 We're doing an editing break. Space. So, Cody's showing me his Warhammers. They're not Warhammers. First of all, if it was associated with Games Workshop, it would be Warhammer 40Ks. Also, I'm not going to say, hey, Cody, I'm never going to say that to you. I am never well, going to say that to you. That's Warhammer's a fantasy, and it, that setting doesn't even exist anymore. It's now Age of Sigmar, so, you know, get it right. It's weird um, that Cody's now bleeding because he pushed his glasses so far up his nose to say, I'm actually... But if you'll let me get to it, I was going to say I, I entered a writing competition last weekend for so the, the setting that I play in is one page rules. They don't have as much like novels written as Warhammer. So they do like writing competitions to like have fans write stuff in the setting. And I wrote something in the setting and entered it. There has not That's been really like cool. judging done Well, the judging is being done right now. But, oh, no, um, the judging's happening right now on the show. <laughs> I can send it to you. It's, um, I've gotten a lot of very positive feedback on the story. Oh. It is weird. Oh, oh. It is, yes, that. Um, it's about a scrapping dwarf that finds a depowered, um, what is essentially a space marine. They're called Battle Brothers in the settings. Um, gonna bleep this because he f***s a robot. Yeah, basically, yeah, they fall in love because he fixes the guy's armor. Do they and fall is, in love or do they fall in lust? I would say that the dwarf is lusting pretty hard after this really cool piece of machinery and very attractive guy in the suit. Yeah. Um. So it was fun, though. It was a, fu it's, it was a thousand words. I'm realizing more and more that I should base my world shop writing on word count, not on page count. Um. Uh, because page count is a lie. But, you know, it, it was really hard for me to write a thousand words, which was the upper limit. <laughs> I, I wrote, like, two thousand, and then just had to start cutting out. <laughs> like, I just had to go on either end of the story and just be like, we're just, the story's getting shorter, you know? Say, you, you, you never realize how short a thousand words is when you're tr until you're trying to write a story within that. Because yeah. you're like, oh, a thousand words is nothing. It's like falling action, don't need it. The story ends at the climax. Like setting it up, nope. Rising action, nope. Like we're starting with the action. <laughs> there was a lot that was written that got cut. But, you know, it's fun. Um, That's just the title of this show. There was a lot that was written that got cut. <laughs> no, this show I read everything I write. No, it's the opposite. Oh, I, we I, don't I, have a limit. There have been times when I've trimmed down quite a bit because it's like, ooh, buddy, I wrote. I've made another chapter pages. before. I've yeah. I've made a separate chapter. Yeah, um, time I had to split certain chapters into three separate episodes yeah. because I wrote too much. Yeah, 
Um, other than that, I read a book called Skullduggery and Pleasant, which was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, mentioned that, I think, on one of your streams. What was that? It's like a, hmm, you know, it's a Harry Potter, so it's... Okay, so magic school and kids? Well, no school, but magic kid gets a mentor who is a skeleton. Oh, but, Skullduggery is literal. Yeah, he is a, he is a skeleton named Skullduggery Pleasant. Um, oh, I love and, that. Yeah, it's it's a cute story. Like a kid yeah, having a skeleton me. mentor is fun. Yeah, um, that is pretty fun. And that like, reminds me of um summer camp. Anyways, yeah, right when you just had skeleton <laughs> mentors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were pretty cool. Um, the worst were the Revens. <laughs> but uh, it does a thing that I like in like magic books, where the wizard is like, I can do magic. I can also shoot people with a gun. And it's easier <laughs> yeah. to shoot people with a gun. <laughs> like, I have to do work to do magic. I can just shoot the guy. It's like, you know what else I can do? I can hit him with a car. So we'll start with that and then we'll do magic. I would love that scene in like whatever movie or whatever where like the like evil dark wizards like, and I will summon this thing. You see this dark cloud twisting around and there's lightning, but suddenly he just gets taken out by a car and all that stuff stops. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you really saved the day. He's like, yeah, that dude was about to end the world. <laughs> you just parked a car on him. That works sometimes, you know? Wow, was like, that was a good method of stopping his evil. Running him the F over. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's, it's, it's fun so far. I like the series. It has, the pacing is weird because it's like YA. And it goes yeah. like... It's cozy, it's cute, it's cozy, it's cute, it's cozy, it's cute. There's an apocalypse! And it's like, whoa, ah! that was like... <laughs> Wasn't expecting that, holy crap. Yeah, yeah, it went to ten in, like, immediately. And I'm like, jeez, okay. Like, that went fast, but, you know, it's still fun. Other than that, and I've been super busy. Oh, days basking in the sun. Until the sun blacked out and there was no more happiness left. Like, what just happened? <laughs> so, uh, I did find out something interesting this past You're weekend. Adopted? No. Uh, I look creepily like my parents. <laughs> yeah, you um, really do, though. I've seen them. You really do. You so, uh, what's it called? This weekend, my kids got me, like, a little bit sick, I think. You know, like, I had a minor cold. And then I got a flu and a COVID shot. And then I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you put well. Well, that's what they said. The vaccines were made to um, kill us all, so that's what that was yeah. doing. But you know, because you're a white, white person, you withstood the evil of the Democrats who are trying to make everybody. No, black it's just and gay. now I'm a mind controlled gay frog. I think is what it actually is. And honestly, you're doing pretty well in life for a mind controlled gay it. frog. Yeah, um, but. It was it was bad. So like Saturday, I got and I'm not like anti-vax, so just like don't read it as that. Yeah, but, we were. By the way, that was very clearly a joke. What just happened? I'm I'm glad that I will be better at not getting COVID in the flu. But yes. there was a bad day as a result. So like, you know, I got my shots. Whatever came home. Like, like by night, I was like, I'm feeling kind of rough. And then uh, you know, I went to bed. I woke up at one in the morning, and I just went downstairs and laid on the couch. It was just like shaking, <laughs> like uh feel like i'm gonna die and then at like noon it just went away and i felt fine i'm like that was weird (laughs) yeah so the very first covid shot i got everything was fine my arm hurt because that's a lot it's a lot of shot and then the second one i did it was like oh i'm feeling oh god oh god oh god (laughs) everything fell apart very quickly 
But I still haven't gotten COVID though, so I'm like, oh, I feel I've extra had it, special. I've had it twice, but it's fine. Yeah, I know. I was able. I was able to survive both of those. <laughs> hey, Jordan, I got some advice for you. Stop like licking handrails. All right, you know but they taste so good, Cody. Clearly, you personally are doing something wrong to have gotten COVID twice, and it isn't just yeah. dumb luck. See, but but the thing is, and I'm wondering what it is with me both times i got sick with covid i spent like the weekend around people and was like like so the first time i like it was around christmas i was with um friend of the show peter and friend of the show trend we hung out the whole weekend we went to a bar i was the only one in that group that got sick the second time i got covid i hung out with friends of the show diana all of them i hung out with peter i hung out like oh with a lot of people and again I was the only person in that group that got sick. So what is it that I'm susceptible and everybody else is fine? I've been and I've got my shots. Times. You know, I've, I've been. I think there's been like at least like three or four times when I like went to a party and then there was a COVID outbreak from the party and, and like, I was like, good. I I was the COVID outbreak, but I mean I'm grateful that none of my friends got sick. I'm like very grateful that it just like was me because I was able to handle it. It sucked, but I got to watch all of Castlevania. Mandy says I should shout out the fact that she uh, helped out a lot with the kids this weekend, which is true. That's, that's, that's Mandy. You're a good yes. wife. Cody I'll let her know. You. <laughs> Jordan says you're a good wife. And? She's raising the roof behind me. And? I said something else. He says Andy'd like to come steal you. Okay, that's not what I said. You. <sighs> he says, look, I know that you like that Sister Wives <laughs> podcast. What about brother husband? <laughs> <laughs> We're not related, so that's not how that works. <laughs> but the amount that me and Jordan travel, one of us will always be there to keep the bed warm, and it probably won't cross over that All much. right, for, for the audience, she at least turned around and laughed, at the very <laughs> least. I'm leaving all of that in. Um, but anyway, anyways, you got anything else, Gaddy? Uh... Writing competition, got sick, painted little guys. That's my life right now. Honestly, that's not a bad life, dude. It's not a bad life. Nope. Um, me, so this is the first time in a long time we did Wait, watch. nope, sorry, I forgot something. Sorry, shut up, sorry. <laughs> Kirby is impossible. Kirby is impossible. I hate Kirby. What? The N64 Kirby's ramp up in difficulty is oh, so yeah. insane. Oh Which my gosh. Okay, that's all I had to say on it. Where, where, huh? yeah, where, where are you at in it? Which level? I just got on? to world 5 and it is stomping me into the ground. I that means nothing. What what does the world look like? That means nothing to me. It's like castle-y now. Fortress okay, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. The bosses really ramp up. But yeah, no, I didn't think it was too bad. Just get a fire sword, stand under the boss, just dead. I know that now, but also, I haven't, like, other than college, because we didn't play that much. We did a couple worlds, and then we went to Star Fox and other games. But before that, the last time I had played it, when I was, like, 10. So, yeah, I don't really remember the levels, and I wasn't really good at it, but we beat it. We didn't get the true end. You can get a fire sword in the first level, and a lot of, like, and I didn't... Yeah, I know. I I do like the fire sword. And you can also, like, throw the fire sword. Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's really, more, really, it's, really good. But I don't think you can fly with the fire sword in your hand. You can't have it out, but you can yeah, put it yeah, away and then fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great power. Great game. It's Anyways, great I was about to start talking about the things I've been doing. And you, you, okay, you, what, you what, have, what have you been doing or whatever? So what I was going to say, this is the first time we've uh, recorded back-to-back in... 
pretty much like six months. It's been a, it's been a hot second. <laughs> so yes. what I will say, I don't have anything super prepared of what I've been doing because it was a dull week. Yeah, I know. I, I, I love the irony of being able to do that to you. <laughs> but what happened is um, this week we did in this. Okay, this is going to be old by the time this comes out. But this week we did the um, Weebies on my podcast. Well, sorry. Twitch stream we belong, where we just went over our um, favorite animes of the year and our reward ceremony, like the Oscars, the Weebies. You know, it's kind of fun. Have you and started so, showing just like from the nipples up on your Twitch stream? I'm going to start doing that now that Twitch is just 18 plus. Actually, I'm just going to show the nipples hairs. and then nothing else. <laughs> just, the <nipples>. <laughs> <laughs> just, just nips. That's like the Weebies refers to I my would, nipples. That's what I call. I my want nipples. you to put on like a full latex king suit with just two nipples. <laughs> I would like the I like the idea of doing it in the full latex cake suit with the zipper closed because that's hilarious. Oh wow, that's like really interesting point you bring up, Jordan. He's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. You'd be just squeaking the whole time, <laughs> just every time. Move, yeah, it's it's really obnoxious. But yeah, we did the weebies, and this like this year was the year where like I I didn't really like enjoy new media last year so like you didn't watch too much anime didn't watch too many shows in general didn't listen to too much music outside of like the one band that i really like um so this year was where i was like i want to listen to an album every day i want to like watch enough stuff and especially some new stuff that's is coming out that i can like talk about it on we belong in world shopping and stuff like that and yeah i i achieved that goal i listened so i don't know if i said i was on the last episode but the music project for this year is over i'm taking a little bit of a break and then starting again in January. But um so I ended up with four hundred and fifteen albums that I listened through. Um and then Spotify tells me I listened to nine hundred and thirty-eight different bands, which is That's a lot of bands. A lot of bands. Um but apparently that also includes featured artists, so like it could be a little bit off. Um but yeah, and then I, I watched through Twenty-five different um, animated shows. Actually, uh, probably a little bit more than that because I didn't count Scavengers Reign or Scott Pilgrim. So about twenty-seven or twenty-eight, depending on if I missed anything. And yeah, it's just I don't know. I I, I even read a book this year. <laughs> oh yeah, right. We were yeah, talking about that. Yeah, I never I never have time to read books. I I read a book this year. And that was amazing. So how much um, time do you spend on aeroplanes? A lot of time on airplanes, but usually I'm either sleeping or playing Switch. So you have time. You just ain't making it for books. It's okay. I I mean, I sleep a lot. Like, I have gotten, like, I fly so much now, the second I sit in the chair, I fall asleep. Like, usually I'm asleep before we take off. I'm usually asleep before we take off. And then I'll wake up halfway through, and I'm, like, kind of groggy for a bit, and then I'll, like, pull out my phone and play, like, Vampire Survivors. Which have you played Vampire Survivors? Because no, but you told me about it. it. Is the most embarrassing game you play? Not the most. There's <laughs> like only one genre more embarrassing, and it's like <laughs> that's straight up hit the random porn games on Steam. Bro, the worst thing about Steam is every time. So I'm on Steam and just like browsing games, and sometimes I'll scroll. It's like new and trending, and always in the new and trending is just some explicit, just disgusting. Disgusting um hentai game. I'm gonna even like really quick just like No, the last one I saw was literally called Pimp's Life 3. Oh wow, I haven't seen that. Okay, so I'm new and trending. Okay, here it goes. So the game's new and trending. Ready or not, which looks like just a shooting game. Dungeons of Sundaria. Horny Housewives. Yep. Third uh, Horny Housewives. 
<laughs> and I was like, come on, guys. We can't we can't be doing Oh, yeah, here it is. Time. Horny Housewives. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then now on the other one, it's um, we go through a couple, and then it's A Shot in the Dark, which is just a straight dating hentai game. Yep. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm just glad at least you can confirm that it's not just me seeing these things. No, so it's, like, it's definitely not just, like, not oh, just Jordan's you. Jordan's a pervert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like no, it, it is. It is like a thing. It's funny. It makes me laugh. Yeah, every time I'll see it, I'll scroll down and just like there was like this one like tentacle RPG one. I was like, why are we doing this, guys? Why? Why? why <laughs> some of us this? like tentacles, Jordan. Look, man. Squid and octopus taste delicious, but I don't want them up my... Anyways. I <laughs> had takoyaki yesterday. Takoyaki is so good, dude. It's so good. It's so oh, good. Man, it's really good. It's so good. But yeah, so I, I actually like watch things and um, read things and, uh, and um, listen to things this year. Like my goal is... So I didn't like read any manga this year other than like... Well, other than the ones that have been ongoing, the only like new stuff I read was like um, Heavenly Delusion and... Um, Tepu, which was really good. I talked about Tepu on the show. Great, great anime. Um, but I want to read more manga next year. And I'm kind of like setting media goals because this year I'm just like, I want to do more media. Like next year I'm going to have like things and then actually like be able to talk deeply about them. And I'm, I'm just excited to do that. So we're doing more albums a day. I already have my list. If anybody listening or Cody, you want to send me more recommendations you can always send me recommendations and i will get them. But yeah i want to send you book recommendations because i want you to read reincarnation blues i know that has been on my list what what you you talked to me about that book in like the first year of this podcast it's been a long time but it's yeah that's been on book. my that's been on my list for multiple years that's how slow i am to read oh and then also you helped me um build a new computer parts are coming next week so I'm oh new yeah and yeah. i'll be able to play games on my pc again <laughs> you were able to play uh armor core armor core and Baldur's gate are the first two i'm gonna tackle so i'm excited oh man i am just looking at buying armor core right now and I'm do so it tempted. just do it so we can talk about it on the show <laughs> just, just do it it's oh great. man I, i've been I, like I watching so videos bad. and watching friends play it i'm so jealous and I really i've it. watched nothing about it so i get to go in totally it's blind so it's cool you will it is so cool it is just so cool anyways yeah. cody this is not the podcast where we don't really have a structured conversation in the beginning. This is the podcast where we read stories. So, Cuddy, what was our prompt? Uh, I hope it was like a, a cop and a cop. robber talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was just a thief and a cop. They don't technically have to talk. They just have to be in the same scene together. <laughs> if so, it wasn't that, I would have been like, oh. Oh, no, uh. no, no, no. <laughs> Honestly, and still, you can always ask me, and also look in the Google Drive. Like I was pretty sure I remembered to... it. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad you did, and I mean, I'm not gonna like gaslight you ever. So yeah, no, it's like, oh no, it's actually this. But yeah, so actually, we roll first before we start talking about our stories. We do. I'm feeling me. pretty good. You got like a twenty. I have no reason to roll, do I? Well, I technically didn't get a twenty. Ooh, but... Yikes! I got a seven. You go first. Well. I did get a 19. So. Yeah, it's like, I knew if I didn't roll like a 19 or 20, I was screwed. So I was like, oh, it's not going first. Um. All right. So do you just want me to go? Do you want any like preamble or can we do you whatever you want to do? After? Okay. Well, I mean, we so always I talk say, after, so yeah. Like my only preamble to this is like tonally, it's like a little bit more mature and it's telling, I think, than Actually, what I typically really write. Quick, can I read what you sent me the other day? Hold on. Where is it? What do I you... sent you yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Hey, so recording tomorrow is a maybe still, but I do have a story ready. It is, well, I think it is pretty good, but it has some, I guess I would say some explicit and kind of intimate moments, but I don't think they're like vulgar or anything. And I was like, I don't care, Cody. It's like, it's our show. We decide what is a content warning or not. I am, you know, it's like a struggle of I both want to like try to write. Like, it's a, it's a weird place to be in where I go, like, I'm not, I don't like writing stuff that feels like it is specifically, like, young adult fiction, you know? Which, not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that, no, or no, that no, I have no. not enjoyed writing that at times. But then if I'm, like, writing for characters that are older, it feels weird at times to, like, intentionally try to, like... Anyways, doesn't matter. It's a slightly more mature story than I usually tell. I don't think and it's I'm fine unintentional. Well, and I don't think I it's mean, unbelievably. Graphic. I don't think you should be so, like. I don't think you're super self conscious about it, but I don't think you should be. But like, this is like maybe the third or fourth time doing these story series where you. I don't know content wise. It's like just do it, and if we nah, need to in post do a content warning, we will. But I don't think you've yeah. crossed the line yet. So I th- so next week, that's the <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll talk a lot about slick cores. <laughs> Have I complained to you about this? The no. Slick core. Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Read I'm a not, bunch of romance. I, see, and that's the thing is, I don't read romance. I mostly read horror, so. Well, I read a lot of romance. Yeah, I read. I recommended a um, book to a friend recently, and you, you know which friend I'm talking about. Um, recommended a book to a friend recently, and I forgot that oh, it uh, yeah, ends in a family annihilation. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh. Should have probably remembered it and been like, maybe don't read this. Yeah, but yeah. friends still talking to me, so whatever. Thank you for reading the book, and I appreciate it. Alright. Got on my music. Ready to go. Wait, what, right. what music are you slamming down on? Right now, I'm listening to embarrassingly named youtube mixes noir jazz cafe 10 hours dark jazz saxophone and piano music it's just a soundtrack from big o (laughs) the the (laughs) fact that in bojack horseman they say i love chill beats to study like every time they say that whole it makes me laugh every time because it's such a very specific i love that channel Well, but it's, like, a thing on YouTube, yeah. this, like, these, like, hour-long YouTube mixes of, like, background music that people love. Um, it's just, like, reading out the whole sentence of, like, the <laughs> chill, chill SEO. Beats. Lo-fi chill beats to study or relax to, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so because it's not the name of the song, you know, but that's what they, anyways, it's just, it's a deep cut in that that I liked. Uh, okay, so the story is called The Night Train. Moonlight lit the room in smudgy, deep blues, purples, and blacks. It poured shadow colors over the most beautiful woman I had ever seen, sleeping naked in the ruin of our bed. I think this is how I like her best, calm and satisfied, at peace. Like at any moment, she might grin a mischievous grin and pull me into a sleepy kiss and maybe more. Or, like she might yawn and sit up and ask me to bring her coffee in bed. We could bask in the comfortable intimacy of caffeine and unembarrassed bare skin. All of this potential for happiness is written on her calm face. I knew I had to end it. We couldn't keep doing this. We should have never even started seeing each other outside of work, as she called it. But somewhere along the way, she became the reason I stayed late at the office, the reason I obsessed with work. But the closer I got to her, the more I was sure she was impossible to catch. Until one day, the most wanted woman in the world sat down in the booth across from me. 
She grinned and we talked and talked and kept talking until it became more, much more. Now we had shared a bed for months, all the while I should have arrested her. She let out a happy little noise as my fingers traced lazy patterns around her body. My hand glid up, glided up from her navel between her breasts along her collarbone. Her soft hand found my arm, slid down to my hand, and pulled it up to her lips. The kiss was sweet, but became inviting, tempting. She pulled me close. I pulled away before I could get lost in the feeling of the press of our bodies. What's the matter, George? This is! This has to stop! We can't keep going on like this. There's... Oh, we can't keep going on like there's nothing wrong with us meeting like this, and it doesn't complicate everything to shit. She sits up, cast in the dramatic light of the moon and neon signs. Fuck, George, we've been through this already. I'm not expecting a marriage proposal here. I'm not expecting you to quit your job, and I'm not going to quit what I do. She smiles slyly at me. I might be bad sometimes, but I can keep a secret, and I accept that I might get caught someday, and... Don't act like this is casual, Michelle. You know it isn't, and that makes my job impossible. Then quit, dear. Or it's casual for now anyways. She flops back on the bed, her arms behind her head, still beautiful, still painted in shadows. I wanted to do what she told me. I won't lie, George. I hate the idea that someday you'll have to catch me, or you'll have to stop me. I think at first I kind of fell in love with the chase, but now I just love you. So yeah, fuck me, it's complicated. I can't just leave the job at the OPI. My work is, well, yes, yes, I know, your work is more important than us. She held up a hand. I'm not saying it in a mean way. I I knew that when we started seeing each other. She yawned and stretched, which made me forget that I wanted to end things. She got up to she got to her feet and kissed me on the forehead. I'm going to be gone for a few days, my dear. If you still want to stop, we can. But think about it for those few days. Just remember, you could always be my sidekick. They're called accomplices, Michelle. Whatever, she said, sauntering away. I promise you'll never catch me, but I do hope you keep trying. I hope I don't either, I muttered to myself alone in the bed. As I walk into the office of the or- as I walk into the office of the planetary investigation the office of planetary investigation OPI the dread settles in this place is my life I started out as a uniform defender just breaking up bar fights on this backwater mining planet but I did well I helped people I was well liked I earned a better badge in my own office my own task force crime I investigated became more popular and a lot or more complicated and a lot less punchy. Nor more was I chasing down petty thieves, now I had to investigate bank robbers, train robbers, and professional crews of art thieves. These were well-connected, well-funded people that had me up late nights planning, predicting, chasing leads, talking to associates, tracking supplies, and finally, creating traps to catch them in the act. The worst person I ever ta- the worst person I ever chased was nicknamed Maggie the Nightbloom. She had stolen more than anyone I had ever been tasked with catching. Frankly, I think getting saddled with her was kind of a joke for an early officer. She had been working for 20 years and had never been caught. The only time she ever was photographed, she wore a large tan overcoat, a cream white scarf, massive black sunglasses, and had bright blonde hair. But, if I'm being honest with myself, it was the mischievous smile that made me obsessed with her. Of course, now I know that her hair is actually short bobbed and brown, that her name was Mich- that her name is Michelle, and that 
The only time she wears the coat and scarf uh, is when she wants to be spotted doing something. The reality is she dresses less like a fancy lady going incognito and more like a gymnast, since loose fabric gets in the way of the ridiculous acrobatics she would have to do to bypass security systems and slip past guards. I also now know that for sure her lips are equal measure delightful and mischievous. I was shaken from my revelry when there was a knock at my office door. George, we got a lead. Bill, my chief investigator and oldest friend, smashed into my office. Great. Who? What What finally panned out, I said. I could use a distraction from thinking about how I was going to have to arrest the woman I love. Bill hesitated, look at me. Looking at me. You okay, George? You look like absolute trash. You know, I can fire you, right? Yeah, but I don't think you will. Who else will bring the rugged good looks to our team, and who else can charm criminals into custody? I shift uncomfortably. Yeah, only you, Bill. (laughs) Well, you know how you asked me to start chasing where Maggie the Night Bloom might be going on that train ticket we caught her buying? Yeah, she got... Oh. Yeah, she got seen, so we can be assured that she wanted us to know where she was going. What was the destination city again? St. Augusta. Right, yeah, so are there rare jewels there or something? A new museum opening? What? No, 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 nothing like that. It's the train, George. What, is she gonna steal purses? That's not exactly her style. My mind was racing. I had asked Bill to look into that because I was hoping it would lead us on a wild goose chase in St. Augusta. I was sure that Michelle wanted us to think that she was going there, but if Bill was right, she might actually be after the train. Well, here's the hot tip I got. My friend from the old days, one of them high-style avant-garde fancy-pants painters, he has a secret exhibit on that train. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. You see all these richy rich types. They get on this private car and they buy and trade paintings. I think the idea is that it's all under the table or something like that. So they don't have to pay any taxes and the train's always moving so they can't get caught. I don't know. Rich people are nuts. My point is there's a train car full of untraceable, invaluable works of art that no one will admit to owning because they were trading them illegally under the table. Shit, this is 100% Michelle's next score. That seems like a fairy tale, man. There's no way she's doing that. Hey, look, I followed you all over this miserable backwater chasing Maggie the Night and or Maggie the Night Bloom. You can follow me on just this one. Later. As me and Bill waited on the landing for the night train to St. Augusta, my eyes flicked back and forth, hoping to see Michelle or hoping she saw us and ran. The night was chill and smelled of mist that could become rain. The moon beat through the fragmented clouds, casting shifting and ghostly shadows along the crowd. Years on this job had turned me into some kind of semi-nocturnal creature. I spent many many evenings haunting hazy nights like this, but somehow this time it felt like a dream. We heard a whistle over the constant drone of mining equipment. The blur and diffused blue and yellow glow of train lights and power cells bled through the fog and glided as the train glided up to the station. Bill and I had paid full price for the tickets since we like to keep a, profo- a low profile. We searched the train and did our interviews. This was a time when I was grateful to have Bill. 
He liked to joke, but he was probably the best person I had at doing these types of investigations. It meant I just got to sit back quietly and watched while he smiled big and did all the talking. After we finished, I felt around in my pocket. Uh, sorry. After we finished, I was feeling around in my pockets looking for a book of matches when I found a key to a sleeper car with a note. You'll never find me, Michelle. I slid into the sleeper car at midnight. She had never done this before. It was reckless even for her. Meeting when she is not in the middle of committing a crime is bad enough, but trying to get me to slink away while I'm on patrol is another thing altogether. I realize how crazy this is. What I'm risking. And it has to stop. I have to bring her in. The last thing I think before I hear the electric hum of a Lancer powering up is, well, she is a menace. And then I feel the warm metal press into my back. Is that set to stun or kill, Michelle? Oh, love, it's always set to stun for you. The barrel traces around my torso, and I remember back to the way she would draw those same lines on my chest while her legs wrapped around me. I shake my head and look at her. She's wearing tight, dark leathers and gloves, but still has the same smile. I guess I thought you invited me here for an ill-advised evening of passion. George, dear George... You really should know better than to underestimate me at this point. Can I sit? Only if you promise to be good and behave. I like you better unscarred. You wouldn't shoot someone you love, would you, Michelle? You've been chasing me for four years. We've been making love for eight months and you still don't know me. I would certainly shoot someone I love. I just probably wouldn't kill them. That seems like a technicality to me. Well, not to me. Her hand tenses on the lancer. I believe she wouldn't kill me, but getting lanced hurts all the same. Why didn't you just shoot me in the back, then? Hmm. Seems unsporting, my love. Well, then why haven't you shot me yet? Her perfect smile falters. Because I'm worried that shooting you would mean something. I'm worried it would change... Us. Shit, because I don't want to be the reason we stop being together. It won't be, Michelle, but we do have to stop. This is dangerous, not just for me, for both of us. And I do believe in what I'm doing. I believe in working for the OPI, and I want to help people, and I can't do that when I'm with you. See, that's what pisses me off right there, because I think you're telling the truth. I think that's how you see things and that you think you're right. You think of yourself as some kind of knight in shining armor, and that I'm just selfish, right? But that's the thing of it. That's why I didn't shoot you the first time I could, or the second, or the third, or any time since then. The whole time you were chasing me, you never harassed my contacts, you didn't threaten people to get to me, you didn't hurt anyone. You just did your job, you worked hard, and you found me fair and square. And that fascinated me, so I had to know more. So, but... Answer me this. How many people have I killed in my whole life of crime? Two that I know of in my investigations. Why did I kill them? As near as I can figure, it was self-defense when a crew member tried to make off with some of your money, and then... <sighs> the second guy that was at a party, I believe, was also self-defense, but that one was harder to figure out. Yeah, he tried to stab me for a jeweled necklace. Next question, where's all the money that I've stolen? I smile. You don't know, do you, she says. Oh, I figured that out about a week after we started seeing each other. 
I found one of your paintings, or I found one of the paintings you'd lifted at an orphanage. After that, it was pretty easy to suss out. I assume you maybe have a few safe houses, a little bit of nice clothes, and a bit of money stored away, but I found a lot of anonymous donations that matched up with your heists. Honestly, it is a smart and sexy way to launder money. Careful, copper, you're supposed to be breaking up with me, remember? Last question. How many people have I saved? That I know of, there have been six cases where you've seemed to step in and save someone from bodily harm. And so, where the hell do you get off acting like you're the only one that cares? Yeah, my skills are different, and how I go about things are different. But sometimes, playing fair has unfair results. And when that happens, I put my thumb on the scale. And I'm not going to let you stop me. I sigh. I don't want to stop you. I've never wanted to stop you, and I don't actually want you to stop. Frankly, your heists are works of art, and they've driven me mad for years, but I also don't want them to end. I have too much fun trying to figure them out. I stood up and paced over to her. She looked sad, like she knew she was going to have to stop me, like she knew this would end, and it would hurt, and I could see that she would survive and move on. And I believed that she could. But I just didn't want that anymore. I kissed her, letting the kiss grow, making no effort to not get lost in the moment. I hated pulling away from her this morning, and I was finally done trying to pretend like I could leave her. I broke away for a moment. I don't know if I can leave the OPI, but I'd rather risk losing everything than decide to lose you right now. I have no idea how long the next kiss lasted. I was only aware of her lips on mine, the way our tongues moved, the way her breath grew more frantic as we found bare skin and I was aware of the door to the sleeper car sliding open, and the now too familiar hum of a lancer. I thought I was supposed to be the one charming criminals into custody, George. Bill, look, just don't hurt her. George, this is one of those times when anything you say will probably get brought up. You know what I mean? And as for you, Maggie, or Michelle, I guess I should say, yes, now I know your real name, Let's put down that little lancer and just all calm down. Read faster. <laughs> oh, sorry, I had to scroll down. Th there's like an awkward I, page I, I in the middle of the Stop at the You know, <laughs> you know what stings worse, George? We all knew that Maggie the Night Bloom had to have someone on the inside. It was obvious she was always having us chase diversions or thinking we were getting close and then making fools of us. I just assumed she was paying off informants, but it turns out all she had to do was sleep with my idiot boss. That's, that is not how this happened, Bill. Well, that, that is kind of what happened, my love. Oh, it's my love. Is it well, my love? You know what? We actually call you an accomplice or a co-conspirator, just another criminal to fill a cell or a work camp. So I hope it was worth getting laid. I couldn't help it. My face split in a stupid grid. Honestly, Bill, the getting laid was pretty good, but it was the everything else that made it worth it. Ugh, see, this is why I love you. Anyway, with that, Michelle launched herself at Bill, who was still holding a very charged Lancer that might be on kill. He fired three times, and I watched in horror as each shot caught Michelle full in the chest. I smelled burning, but 
The momentum of her leap carried her into Bill. She powered on a sparking glove and shocked Bill as he continued firing. Eventually, they both collapsed in a heap on the ground. I was dumbstruck. It happened so fast, and even on stun, Michelle was definitely in critical condition from that much fire. She moaned, and I... She moaned and hopped to her feet, stripping off her dark leather jacket, revealing a thin, form-fitting tank top. I just stared, mouth open. Jesus, George, it's nothing you haven't seen before. You should be dead! She leaned down and kissed me on the forehead. Oh, my dear George, I don't wear a jacket because it makes me look cool. It's my body armor. I'm a criminal, remember? <clears throat> My office will sit empty for a time, long enough for someone younger and eager to lose sleep to fill it. It makes me happy, and as me and Michelle lock Bill in the sleeper car and make our way to the car full of vaguely legal art, I like knowing that there will always be someone with a fire burning in them to catch us. After all, we did both originally fall in love with the chase. That is the night train. Yeah, no, um... You're, you're doing great. It's one of those where I'm sitting here. I was like, well, you have the better story and you should have gone second. So the fans <laughs> and audience could end on a good story, but whatever. No, I was just like the like opening narration where he's like sitting in bed looking at someone who he's like, you know, just spent yeah. the night with. Well, like, it's not so much that I was self-conscious with. It's that I like think it's like well written and I liked it. And I'm like, it's a little bit more like explicit than typically I would write mm -hmm. for this. But I'm also like. It's supposed to be, like, this noir story, you know, and it's, like, having them, like, sit and at arm's distance doesn't feel like it'll get across the emotion and that they're, like, passionately in love with each other, so, so, you know? So, I guess my thing is, to me, this isn't any more explicit than the story you wrote about the, like, um, the horror story where it's, like, the guy, like, writing notes to his lover who might be, like, a Cthulhu man. Oh! I think that one was probably Yeah, that's true. You know what? Honestly, that one I was way more nervous yeah. about than this one because that one was like a guy being thirsty for someone doing murder. Um, I, yeah, I remember like, your dilemma when we went into it. was like, dude, I think you're fine. Yeah, well, and like, like I think generally it's this. just like... If you're a kid yeah, and you listen to and this, I please mean, email us and then stop listening to this. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, it's it's a matter of like, there there is a part of me that a recent effort since we've been doing this is to kind of like handle more adult yeah, themes in fine. my writing and that sometimes just means i'm like i'm not 100 percent sure i'm doing a good job but frequently i feel like those are the ones that i like better so i like don't want to you know sprint away from them. but i liked this i thought it was good um but yeah no is there anything else you want to say about your story um so no the answer is no <laughs> okay mandy just messaged me that i shouldn't have used the word flopped back onto the bed <laughs> are you referring to him or his dick in that situation and his i was referring to her flopping back on the bed flopped back onto the bed it was supposed to be because she was like flopping yeah. back exasperated yeah, like, that they were having this conversation yeah. again i i, I yeah. get the image i yeah. think i mean i think your story was very well done. Like I said, definitely better than my. Oh, Lord, what, Cody? You can't just say it. Mandy flop. said I should have used a sexier word than flopped. I think flopped. I didn't describe, like, her body as flopping. She flopped. Anything else Mandy has to say during our show? That she could just easily. Yeah, I mean, she, can, she is sitting uh, yeah, but five she can just feet away from the me. Show. <laughs> well, she's editing another show. <laughs> 
Um, yes. No, but it, I, I really, I had, I had a lot of fun with this one. I mean, this was like one of the prompts I suggested, yeah. so it's not shocking that I'm like thumbs upping on. No, it, it's you know? good. But I, I liked this. I had fun. I thought it was a different take on it. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I'm excited to hear yours. I mean, mine's fine. So I guess I'll, I'll go into mine really quick. So my story. So originally, when you, um, when you picked, well, when we picked this topic. I kind of just didn't have a clue on what to do necessarily. And so I was thinking about it. And then I thought, because Halloween was coming up, I thought I'd be a little pedantic. And I thought I would do like a thief and a cop as two people who are dressed as a thief and a cop for a Halloween party. And then we didn't end up doing anything in October or November. So good thing i didn't like i wrote that story and i hated it oh oh no that sounds fun yeah yeah i, I tried to be I tried to be whatever i wrote it i think i can go back and if i tried it out to take myself seriously and make it like horror for halloween i think it'd be fine but you should send me it and i can just read nah. it what is <laughs> i think i actually deleted it actually <laughs> sorry Oh yeah, no! Yeah, yeah. And so then I did like thought, what else could I do for this? And so there was like a like, I think it's episode eight on World Shop where we it's either eight or eighteen. It has an eight in it. Uh, where I talked about like a web comic idea I had a long time ago about space pirates and all of that stuff, and it's come up a few times on this show. Um, and so I'm like, I never actually wrote anything in that. It was like a suggestion of things I wanted to write for our first story series. So I'm like, hey, I should probably like write an actual like story for that so i did a thief and a cop set in that world don't have a title for it um other than the title of the webcomic itself will be starboard and this would be pretty much what happens towards the very beginning of the comic that like kind of kicks off a lot of stuff so anyways i'm excited without further ado i have to go to the bathroom i'll be right back are you yes. serious yeah that's what happens when you drink um two coffees and like 30 ounces of water in a Oh man, let me tell you what I I had this thing Called right now where I have a new coffee much. maker, oh. and I freaking want to make an espresso right now, and I shouldn't do it, but I want one. Don't do that because that's basically no. no it's, don't do it. It's a bad idea. Yeah. It's just what I want, you know. I mean, Christmas is coming up, even though I keep forgetting about Christmas. Um, so who knows if you get it for Christmas? Anyways. Without further... Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I have a have new espresso it. maker. I want to make myself oh, an espresso to, right now. To, okay, sorry. Christmas is coming up. No. Mandy no, can no. make you espresso for Christmas. There, see, it's still there. No, it's still no I, I have one. I'm excited. Yeah, I've made bad decisions before. Anyways, here, without further ado, my story, um, pretty much within the first episode of Starboard. <sighs> okay, Mira, what is it this time? Chief Durndall said, letting out a deep sigh. He stood outside holding cell number three and looked at his lieutenant. Well, we responded to the robbery of an armored craft that was transporting artifacts to the museum inside of Central Colony number three. Turns out it was Schmidt Anderson and his crew, the Sunshine Pirates again. He stayed behind while they got away, Mira said nervously. With Chief Durndall being the lead for the Pirate Suppression Force and dealing with the Sunshine Pirates as public enemy number one, it had her on edge. Despite being mostly harmless, their sheer annoyance threatened to turn the Chief's dark hair gray and send the rest of the rest of the force into early retirement. Shit, so he's in there right now, Durndall said, looking back at the door to the interrogation room. Yes, sir, she said quickly. 
You made sure to thoroughly search him and make sure he has nothing to help him escape? Yes, sir. And you made sure his hands and feet are cuffed tightly? Yes, sir. You're absolutely sure he has no way of communicating with the outside? Sir, this place is like a steel trap. Even if he could communicate with the outside, there is no easy way in. It would take nothing short than a direct blast to one of the outer walls to break into here. Even then, they would risk depressurization and potentially killing him and a large number of our crew, Mira said, pursing her lips. You understand we have to account for that, right, Mira? The whole crew has a screw loose. If we get sloppy now, we are sure to fail again, Duranel said quietly. Yes, sir, Mira said, looking down at her shoes. A part of her... A part of her felt like confidence was key, though after so many run-ins with the same crew, she was worried there was no point, in, no point to any of this. After a brief moment, she took a deep breath and looked back at him. I will make sure no ships enter the sector. We will do full scans of the area every 30 seconds to account for active camera. Thank you, Mira. One more thing before you go. What were they after? We have no clue. The museum says there was nothing of true value on the craft, only a few scraps of medallions from the era of the First Sons. They are split into small enough pieces that no one could potentially find a use for them, Mira said. So, there is a potential he wanted to get caught, or there is something we are missing here, Durandal said with a deep breath. It was always something with Schmidt's crew. Nothing they did made sense. Yes, sir. Mira, be honest with me. What do you think of all this? He said, running his hand through his long, dark hair. Honestly, sir, I think there is a 50-50 chance that man is still in the cell by the end of the night. He is as slippery as a black garter and tenacious as a clarox roach, Mira said, a little bit of the idioms from her countryside home coming out. She cleared her throat and continued. We have been dealing with them so long, I have my doubts they will ever come to justice. We have to do our jobs, yes. But it seems like we are wasting our time on this petty crime when there are larger crews such as the Black Pirates out there truly causing harm. I understand that. Orders are orders. Oh, I agree with you. Thank you for being candid with me. You are dismissed. Let me know if there are any updates, Durandal said, saluting his lieutenant. Yes, sir. She saluted him back and headed down the hall towards his command. Durandal rolled his eyes and pushed his keycard against the pad to the holding cell. The door shot open with a whoosh, letting a small burst of air from the pressure change hit him in the face. He stepped forward into a, into the dimly lit room to see Schmidt Anderson lean back at his chair at his feet on the table. The lanky man with dirty brown hair and bright blue eyes shot him a big cheesy smile as if he was seeing an old friend for the first time in years. Durdall noticed Schmidt was holding his hands and feet out specifically to show him they were still bound possibly trying to lure him into a false sense of security. He made note not to let his guard down. Get your dirty feet off my table, he said sternly. Schmidt leaned his chair for the- <laughs> You're talking to your oh. cat! <laughs> no, 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 I, I put her out. Get your dirty feet off my table, he said sternly. Schmidt leaned his chair further back and kicked his feet off the table. When the chair landed back on all four legs, he put his elbows on the table and leaned his head on his bound hands. Durndal, old buddy, long time no see, Schmidt said with a big smile. 
Cut the crap, Schmidt. I Schmitty, please. All my friends call me Schmitty. We aren't friends. I don't want to be friends with a petty criminal like you. Durandal snapped. He pulled out the chair and sat across from Smitty. The man was missing his signature white and black jacket with a large sun on the back. Instead, he sported a simple black t-shirt. It seemed like the suppression force did a good job making sure all of his belongings were packed up in evidence. I would prefer to be called a pirate. And honestly, I don't even know why I'm here. Pirates are supposed to find treasures. Is that such a crime? Smitty said back, chuckling slightly. If that's what you want to call what you do, what I would call it is armed robbery. That is a crime. Though, it seems like you missed the mark this time. They are saying the pieces you stole are nearly worthless. Just scraps of old medallions that hold no historical or financial value. One man's trash is another man's treasure, Smitty said, lifting his head and leaning back in his chair. You always look at things with such a small lens. Who knows? These could be a small part of a greater whole. What is that supposed to mean? Durndal asked, gritting his teeth. He hated how Smitty always beat around the bush. It was like he got off on toying with people. Could mean everything. Could mean nothing. Could mean I've been planning this for years. Could mean I'm just here to fuck with you. What are you after, What are you after, Smitty? Durndal was getting more frustrated by the second. And why would I tell you? Because if you don't, then you'll stay here for the rest of the day. I'll hang you out to dry as long as it takes. I was planning to go easy on you since your crimes are relatively small. Though, if you don't cooperate, I will put you in the highest security prison we have. Your crew wouldn't like that, would they? So just spill it and stop wasting my time, Durandal said angrily. Smitty just brushed it off with a small laugh. Honestly, D, if you act... Honestly, D... If you are actually worried about my crew, no, they wouldn't really mind. They know I would escape before long. Durandal stood up and moved away from the table. Mira, he said into his earpiece, scan the area again and change orders to shoot down any unknown ship that enters the sector. Yes, sir. Scan's clear. No sign of any of his backup yet, she responded quickly. No one is coming for you. If they do, they will be in danger he said, moving back towards Smitty and sitting on the table next to him. So quit your stalling and tell me what you're after. Then we can work something out. Why do you care so much? Me and my crew are the least of these. You said it yourself. What we stole was not of financial or historical value. Meanwhile, the Black Pirates raided another transport ship. Rumors are they wiped out most of the crew. Why not go after them? Why waste your time on simple adventurers? Not a single shot was fired during our heist. Hell, my gun doesn't even have a lethal mode, Schmitty said, leaning in and giving Durndal the most serious look he had seen from the man in a while. Matters with the Black Pirates do not involve me. I've known you for three years now, and I know well enough that it's never just a small heist. You've always had a bigger plan. You could be right about this one. You could be wrong. Why risk it? Every second I am in here and you aren't out there doing something about the menace of the Black Sea, you put all of us in danger, Smitty said, giving a smug look. Durandal couldn't tell if it was a bluff or not. 
If you're so worried about them, why don't you hurry up and tell me what you're up to and we can get you processed, then chase down the Black Pirates, Thurndall snapped. Fine. How about this? I'll tell you everything I know if you just let me have five minutes with that pretty little lieutenant. What was her name again? Miriam or something? Trini said, leaning back in his chair again. Durndall stood up and sh shook his head. He turned away from Smitty to think for a second. So that's what you're after. What is it then? Is whatever you want on her? Does she have information that only she would know? Or are you stupid enough to try and take her hostage to get out of here? Oh, it's nothing like the last one. I could get out of here without her help. I just wanted to talk to her. I think she's so interesting and pretty cute, Smitty laughed. <sighs> Durndall spun around. Don't give me that shit. I am not an idiot, Schmidt. What do you want with Mira? Oh, come on. I think I deserve a change of scenery. It's always you and your dull sense of justice. I want to talk to someone new and fresh without the title that may or may not have gone to his head. Plus, I think she would make a good addition to my crew. With that, Durndall had it. He grabbed Schmitty out of his chair and slammed it against the nearest wall. Can you be serious for once in your life? Just tell me what the medallions are for. God, you are so easy to provoke, Schmitty said in a deadly serious tone. With a loud, a loud beep informed Durandal that he had fallen right into Schmitty's trap. His key card, the one thing that would free Schmitty from his cuff, was now in the criminal's hands. Durandal tried to react, but within a split second, Schmitty grabbed the pendant around his neck and with a tug pulled it free. It was a necklace that had been passed down by Durandal's father. He had always thought it was just a small piece of scrap metal from an old ship. Now with it firmly in Schmitty's hand, he realized it must have more importance than that. What the hell? Durandal shouted. The final piece of our puzzle, Schmitty said with a big smile on his face. Durandal tried to take a swing, but Schmitty was much quicker. He blocked and then grabbed Durandal by the collar and brought his knees into the man's stomach. With a hard kick out... With his bound feet, he sent the other man flying backwards into the interrogation table. Quickly bending down and releasing the cuffs on his ankles, Smitty looked back at Durandal and gave a quick wink. Sorry, old pal. Unfortunately, I must be taking my leave. Winded, Durandal was helpless as Smitty ran past him to the keypad on the wall. With a beep and a whoosh, Smitty was gone as the door opened and closed behind him. Second, seconds later, the station's alarm sounded, blaring a loud, repeated horn and flashing red lights. That was quick, Durandal thought to himself. Sir, Mira came through his earpiece. Their ship, the cruiser-class Silverwing, just exited hyperspace into our sector. They are headed straight for us. Shoot them down! I don't care what it takes, just make sure they do not get close enough to pick him up! Durandal struggled to get to his feet and catch his breath. They have not decreased their exit speed. Our guns can't keep up with them, she said back desperately. Keep trying, he said, moving towards the door. He fiercely patted himself down. Without his key card, he, would, he wouldn't be able to exit. Mira, the prisoner has escaped with my key card. Open the door so I can pursue. How do I know you're not under duress? Ballast, Durndal called out immediately, invoking the code word they developed for situations like this. Right away, sir. After a few seconds, the door whooshed open. Durandal got two steps out of the door before he saw Smitty across the hall from him in front of the evidence room, sporting his usual captain's jacket and his blaster in his hand. Sorry about this, Smitty said with a slight shrug and pulled the trigger. Durandal was instantly shot with a green blast. His head shot backwards and his body stiffened up. 
as he collapsed onto the ground. Smitty took off without looking back. Damn you! Durandal cried out. Mira! He called out to his earpiece as he tried to regain control of his body. I'm sure the prisoner is headed to the observation deck. That has to be the rendezvous. Lock everything down and make sure he does not make contact with his crew. Sir, that will be hard to do since you don't have a keycard. You won't be able to pursue him, Mira said back frantically. That bastard thinks of everything. I will continue to pursue him on foot. Make sure that ship doesn't get close enough to fire. He was starting to regain feeling in his fingers. It would only be a few moments before he could pursue again. Getting hit directly with a stun pistol hurt, but the pain wasn't as bad as potentially letting the same criminal escape again. Chief, if they make it to the observation deck, won't a direct blast to the outside wall kill him and everyone in the area? Miris asked. They have a plan for that. They always have a plan for that, he cried out. After a few moments, he finally regained feeling in his body and stood up to pursue the pirate. On the way to the observation deck, he passed many crew members along the way that were also stunned by the pistol. Even though Mira had sounded the alarm, there were many who, seemingly, who were seemingly caught off guard by Schmidt's assault. Finally reaching the observation deck, he saw Schmidt standing in the open in front of the large plate glass window, looking outwards to the ensuing battle. Sorry, to, into the ensuing battle between his crew of Sunshine Pirates and the Suppression Force. Shreddy turned around to look at Durandal. He was wearing a portable oxygen mask, and through a glisten in the air, Durandal could tell he had a light shield around him. It would be just enough to protect Smitty in the vacuum of space should the glass behind him break. The sh a shield like that wasn't perfect. Durandal figured he would have about five minutes in the vacuum before freezing to death. Schmitty's confidence in his crew was undeniably strong, and after so many wild stunts like this, Durandal believed it was safer to assume things would work exactly how Schmitty had planned. Despite Schmitty's confidence, Durandal wasn't willing to give up yet. He pointed his drawn weapon towards his foe and yelled, Freeze and drop your weapon! I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. We've already won, Schmitty said with, his tone of, with a tone of pity in his voice. I don't believe that. Your crew blows that window, and we both die, Durandal yelled back. The pity in Smitty's voice caused him to see red. You have to know we are smarter than that. In a few seconds, Meredith, you, you remember Meredith, right? We'll fire, an, we'll fire an arrow from outside of the ship. That thing is armed with an explosive that will be just strong enough to blow this glass right here, Smitty said, tapping the window behind him. I'll be sucked out into space where she will fire a grapple line towards me to get me back to the ship. She hasn't been known to miss, even at the speed they are going. So if I were you, I would step back behind that line with the blast door, where the blast door will shoot up so we don't get pulled out together. I wouldn't want you getting hurt. Durndal let out a deep breath and stepped back behind where the barrier would, would deploy from. He lowered his gun and shook his head. His anger receded. This wasn't quite a flawless checkmate, though Schmitty had won. Fine, so be it. You win. Why lower your gun? You could take one last shot and stop me, Schmitty said with a curious look on his face. If I shot you now, when you got pulled out into space, you would die. Even though you're an expert thief and a complete asshole, you don't deserve to die. I'm not having your blood on my conscience, Durndal said, shaking his head. You're a good man, D. 
That's why I like you. My dad gave me a pendant like this when I was a kid. Turns out it's a part of a larger puzzle. I knew when I first met you, we would be connected. No hard feelings, see? Smitty said with a smile. This is like a game to you, isn't it? No, I take all of this seriously. Why not have fun with it, though? Is it all... Is all of this worth it? I'd like to think so. The key to all doors is what these little medallions have been telling us they lead to. I think we are on the verge of discovering something this universe has been hiding from us this entire time. We are on the tip of something truly amazing. Fine. Have your fun. Discover your treasure, Verandal said defeated. I want nothing to do with it. Why the gloom, buddy? Smitty said. You were right. We are wasting our time with you. Our orders have been to let the other branches of the Star Alliance handle the Black Pirates. Yep, no one seems to be doing anything. The whole thing stinks to hell, and even the rest of my force knows it. So instead of disregarding orders, we decided to put our energy into your crew. It doesn't feel like this is the right choice. It never has. You're right, it's not. Follow your gut instead of following me. You know, since I like you, wherever this path leads, you'll be the first to know. I promise. And if we accidentally uncover some super secret ancient weapon, like in the old movies, I'll turn it over. We just like the adventure, that's all. Don't take pity on me! I'm not! It's an olive branch, Smitty said with a smile. Anyways, here's my ride. Take care, pal. Suddenly a crack was heard from behind him. He was right, it was a small black arrow that dug into the window. Within three beeps, the window shattered and the blast door swung shut. Durandal sighed and turned to head back to the command center. Sir, they are getting away, Mira called over the earpiece. That's fine, Mira. Let them go. Yes, sir. But why? <sighs> I think we need to get our priorities straight. And that's the end of my story and my voice. Are they brothers? No. Why aren't they should be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not brothers, but loose cousins, yes. <laughs> no, Jordan, that'd be such a good story if they're brothers. Why wouldn't they're, they be brothers? I have a whole thing. They, But their dad gave them dads. both the same medallion. They're the same dad, Jordan. Dads. This That's is like one of those cousins. times. This is like editor's <laughs> note. They're the same. They're brothers. They're definitely long lost brothers. <laughs> you should make those okay, two characters but, brothers. Yeah, That's I mean, really it was fun. fun. I mean, like, look. Writing a third person is not my strong suit. I felt like I said the dude's name a thousand times, and it felt clunky. I hate third person. I, I wanted to try it. writing third person. So the original idea for the story follows the pirates and not, like, the chief and, the, like, the crew. And I, but I wanted to do it from this standpoint to kind of, like, put a different spin on what was, like, originally in my head. Oh, yeah. No, I yeah. liked it and a I, lot. I, I don't know. I, I liked it. And, like, this is an idea I had, like, what at that point would have been, like, 2013. And so it's kind of just lived in my head for a while, and it's, like, fun to, like, put it down on paper, like, parts of it on paper. And maybe, like, depending on what prompts yeah. you get, maybe it might come up, up again. But, yeah, I just enjoy it. I enjoyed, like, the characters a lot. Like, they, they interact a lot throughout the thing that lives in my head. Yeah, that sibling rivalry is really so good. Yeah. I hate when you do this. So you're just like, I have an idea for your story, and it's decided in my head, kid. I'm like, but no. <laughs> But they, their dad gave them the same medallion. <laughs> but why would it be different? Because it dads, is. But it doesn't have, it doesn't to, have be. to be the same. 
but it's better. <laughs> it's fine, <laughs> Cody. It's fine. Let me have my story. But yeah, that that's it. I enjoyed writing that, though it was not the first story I wrote for this prompt, <laughs> and not even like my first idea. I, I am really curious now to uh to read your other story though yeah. for sure i could like, be right i, I want to but i also understand like realistically i also do totally get that thing where you're like this is not yeah, a w yeah. <laughs> like sometimes you have like i wasn't where it's like this one good i think your story for this week was way better but like this was way more of a w than the other story i wrote and like Sometimes you have to cut your losses and just like be like, okay, yeah, no, I did write five pages of something I hate. <laughs> like it. Yeah, and it sucks when it happens, but I do totally know what you mean. Like, I I want to be like, oh, anything's good if art says it is, but I'm like, no, I get it. There are times when you write something and you're like, yeah. this is trash. This is trash. Yeah, but Cody, what do you want to um, roll for? I, I'm going to say again, let's roll two just so we don't have to... So there is an opportunity where we don't have to do a random build a world um, in the middle of this. I'm just sharing the screen. And so the suggestion that Caitlin had, and we're going to go with this because I think it's great, is to both of us pick three that we want to do and then roll a D6. And since you want initiative, oh, that makes you sense. get to roll the D6 first since we're going to do two. Uh... And I guess you pick first, too. So I'm going to go with uh, two, cyberpunk idea, uh, five, make a sincere creepypasta, and I'm going to go with eight. Man, you have picked eight almost every time, so you gotta do eight. Um, I like I like eight. Hmm. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. I think 14, a friendly monster. 10, a character arriving in a new place. 17, overcoming an obstacle. Okay, so now I gotta yeah, roll a d6, You roll one, right? and then I'll roll the other, and so we'll do your story first, and then mine second. You know what's funny? Um, I'm right now playing a game that is technically d6-based, but it's fate oh, dice, it's so they don't have numbers on them. So I don't have a single regular... Oh, it's because I took all of them to battle... Oh, wait, no, So we're gonna do it, like, um, just down the line, one, two, three, four... Okay, yeah, cool. just down the list, yeah. Perfect. One, two, three, four, five, six, okay. Yeah, yeah, I get it. A character arriving okay. in a new place. Cool. And I did six, overcoming an obstacle. So both stories that I picked, I apologize. It's happens. Hey, it it's happens. Up to the, it's, it's okay. Uh, it's nice, not us. All right, so it's the next dice. time we record, will be a character arriving in a new place. And that can literally mean anything to you. And overcoming obstacle. I think... Both yep. of these are big enough that we could do like anything. So I, I, I don't know. I when I wrote these props, yeah. I like I want to be more um, vague so that we can have an opportunity just like to so it doesn't feel like too filtered in. I think like things like a thief and a cop is something like that where it's like enough structure. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, you wanna you wanna yeah, do you, plugs, you Jordan? Always what go are your plugs? plugs? Okay, well, I'm going to say I'm going to do my plugs now. Check me out at the Wandering oh, Gamer Network, where we're playing... Sorry, I'm doing my job. Tabletop RPGs. <laughs> and also check me out at uh, Wandering underscore Gamers, where I stream on Tuesday nights. We are starting Legend of Zelda let me know when you stream. Time, I love which to I'm watch very that. excited for, well, Tuesday I mean, nights. Th- let me know the next time you stream, because you don't do it every Tuesday. This oh, Tuesday, okay. I should be streaming. Cool. 
should be streaming Ocarina of Time around yeah. like what eight yeah, o'clock. Yeah, it's, it's usually time, when I get home from work, so I'm settled down eating, and I see you guys like, oh, I'll just eat some food to watch you. <laughs> You'll have to tell us what you're eating next time. Uh, yeah, you know? we can have a conversation about what I'm eating. Sure. Uh, oh, anyways, sorry, Jordan, what are your plugs? No longer a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's never been. Yeah, true. right. I'm always looking. I am always looking yeah, for. I noticed. <laughs> it's like your eyes are like doing like the predator scan. It's like, it's like, oh god. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am literally the opposite of kid ease. <laughs> I am like there for like, what's he doing? That's weird. What can I point out? Um, your smile looks strange. <laughs> um, you can check me out at my Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash. Something, I guess, zero, 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 where I will be doing streams from the nips down. <laughs> <laughs> just, just full, full <laughs> Don't at, call at, it that. Jeez. <laughs> um, but yeah. Just a, an, an absolute so, piglet. So we the do. <laughs> we, come on, man. Come on. We do. We belong <laughs> where we talk about anime. We just stop a shriveled it. piglet. We do, just. We, we talk about anime, and then we are streaming the game Persona Four Golden. Um, and you know, you really get stuck to that leather chair too. You know, body sweat's a dangerous thing. Can I do my you last power so we can leave? <laughs> okay. Sure, I yeah, what's up? Leave like we're like walking out of a studio. Um, anyways, this is my other podcast, the Side Characters Podcast, where we talk about diversity in our culture. Um, other than that. It's almost Christmas time. Well, actually, by the time this comes out, it's Christmas time. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, um, all that stuff. That was the least sincere I could. Yep. Be. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it, it, it did. It did feel like a corporate <laughs> really Christmas did. card. I, yeah. I, after I said, "I'm like, wow," I like had no spirit behind that. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. I know this has been a little bit rougher of year with like the least episodes we've released since we've started this, but we're. I like doing the show. We're still going strong. My life is unbelievably yeah. busy. It's well, stressful. I mean, yeah. we will release when we can, always. The show's not over. We just might take mini hiatuses. <laughs> Even if you guys don't hear it, I release every <laughs> God, week. why do you do it? Thank you for listening. We will catch you on the flip side, the next Demon Beast. And I never want to hear Cody say the words, I release. Bye. Oh, it's a Demon Feast. Ugh.